Hello and welcome to the first episode of our technically revamped podcast, but really our brand new podcast. I'm Terry, this is Football First PL, thank you so much for coming along. I'm glad you've joined me for our first episode, it's amazing to have you guys listening. Look, the whole point of this podcast, I'm just a football fan, you're not going to get expert analysis here. This is for the fans of football in the UK, and it's done by a fan of football. It's it's all opinion based. There's no experts here, guys. Hit me up on what you think. I want you to check us out on Twitter. It's at football first pl for Premier League. That's at football first pl. Please get involved using our hashtags from today's episode. We will respond. We are responsive. There will be debate back and forth. That's what we're here for. That's what it's all about. Also, check us out on Facebook. Right, let's get into it. This week we will cover City and the ban, Klopp's mentality monsters, United, Ole in the future and the 5th place Champions League spot. Yay! Okay guys, so our first topic this week is City and the ban. Uh, well, I mean, we've all seen the news, we all know about it. To summarise, basically, uh, City have been banned from UEFA club competitions for the next two seasons. They're found to have committed serious breaches of financial regulations. Uh, This basically came about because the German football magazine Der Spiegel, uh, they made accusations against City in one of their publications, which then led UEFA to investigate. In a nutshell, the club financial control body has held a hearing in January of this year, 2020, found City guilty of overstating sponsorship revenue and break-even information in accounts that were submitted to FIFA between 2012 and 2016. Basically, the club's owner, Sheikh Mansour, is thought to have been filtering his own money into the club through his legitimate businesses who currently sponsor the club, uh, Eddie Adderways, to name but one of them. Um, This is a big no-no in terms of the financial fair play rules. They are allowed to continue, obviously, in this season's Champions League. Um, The ban will kick in for the 2021 and the 21-22 seasons. So, we'll have the basic picture. Uh... We want to know what you think. Um, if you head over to our Twitter, it's at footballfirstpl. Um, first thing we want to know, use our hashtag, not our fault, and is it fair to punish the players and the manager? This has came from higher up at the club. You know, this this is obviously, basically, without going into too much detail, clubs have to set out a budget at the start of each season and then they have to remain in that budget. If they go outside the budget, they're in breach of financial fair play rules. That's all clubs that are competing in uh, UEFA club competitions, so the Europa League and the Champions League for uh, clubs in England. Um, City basically by sacking Roberto Mancini, and I think it was twenty fourteen. They went, they they breached, um, and they were over budget by I think it was something like nine point nine million quid. Um, ten million was pumped in from sponsors. Uh, before the end of that season, so you can't you can't add money to the budget from ownership. It has to come from sponsorship. It has to be earnings, basically. Um, you know, it can't it can't just be like a an owner's donation, so to speak. Or I don't know what way that would work, but that's that's not allowed. So that's where they've been called up. This is obviously this is these are things that have been decided at a much higher level of the of the city structure. The you know the club. It's not the players' fault. It's not Guardiola's fault. You know they're going out there to do their job, which is to win games and to bring success to the club and win trophies. And they've done relatively well at that. In fact, they've done very well at that actually. You know. They've not been on par this season, so to speak. Um, but you know, looking back, certainly over Guardiola's reign, he's uh, he's certainly impressed. 
Um, so th- that's what we want to know. Is it fair to punish the players and the manager? Use our hashtag, not our fault. Uh, the second thing is uh, the appeal has been lodged by City. I think it was either yesterday or today. What will the outcome of that be? What do you guys reckon? Um, I personally think that they'll maybe drop it to one season, Champions League ban, which could have a, a massive impact on City in terms of players staying or going. You know, Kevin De Bruyne, he wants to win the Champions League, I'm sure. That's, you know, every every top player, that's their top ambition. It's the only one he really doesn't have. Um, he's 29. You know, two years for him. You know, are his thoughts going to be that I want to go somewhere where, you know, I'm going to have that opportunity to win it next season? I'm not I'm not necessarily saying if City were allowed to play in the Champions League next season, they would go on and win it. I, They've obviously had a fantastic result tonight against Real Madrid. Uh, watched that game; they were they were versatile, they were brilliant, and Sterling came on and he certainly made a big impact with winning the penalty. Um, De Bruyne put it away. He, he honestly, at stages in the game, there were City were uh, on the ropes. De Bruyne looked like the only player that really had any sort of inspiration going forward to find a pass, um, and you know was willing to play those riskier passes to try and get players in behind and things like that. He is just he is that quality quality player, and he deserves to win the biggest accolade. He deserves that medal. But will he get it if City aren't in it for the next two seasons? You know, and he and he hangs around. That's that's my sort of question. I guess then the third point we have is what is the worst case scenario? You know, there's been all sorts of rumors that the Premier League then could you know put further sanctions on them. There was talk that they could be stripped of their 2014 title, uh, which is just absolutely ridiculous to even even consider. Um, talk that they could be sent down leagues, potentially playing in League 2. You know, all, uh, Twitter obviously wanted to be a bit nuts over that one, but I, I couldn't see any of them things happening, to be honest with you. But, you know, could you imagine? Pep Guardiola said that he would follow them to League 2 and stay there. Um be interesting to see if he actually kept that promise, but... Yeah, uh, we want your opinion. As I say, use the hashtag, not our fault, and um, hit us up on Twitter. Okay, we are on to our next segment. Uh, This is Klopp's mentality, Monsters. I mean, we're obviously talking about this current Liverpool side. This is some team. (laughs) Let's not kid ourselves here. They've they've forgotten how to lose. They're absolutely fearless on the pitch. I mean, they're... You wouldn't back against the 89th minute, 1-0 down at the Etihad, 1-0 down at, I dare to say, at the Bernabeu, Camp Nou. You you just wouldn't back against them. I can hear all the jokes now. Oh, you'd back against them, 1-0 down against the Thetico to Wanda. Yes, 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 okay. Look, the name but a couple of records of the fastest team to beat every single Premier League opponent, which was done in 31 games. It's the first time in the club's history they've managed that. It's the best ever start to a Premier League season by any team and they're, they're currently to the top uh, as it stands today is uh, also a record on its own. No one's ever been that far clear. Uh, the, as of the West Ham game, they've matched City's record, which was the 18-game win streak um, after that comeback, obviously against the Hammers. They were <laughs> a little bit up against it, so to say. Um, they are on a, currently on an unbeaten run of 44 games. 44 games. Premier League games like that. That's that's just, it's crazy. They're five games behind Arsenal's Invincibles. What happens if they become invincible? That's a that's a whole different whole different conversation. Love them or hate them, you must admit they are some team under Klopp. They really are. Their mentality is incredible. The, the atmosphere around the squad. They just they look like a team that are happy to play with each other. They play for each other. There's very little selfishness in that side. Um, you did see a bit of that 
under Brendan Rodgers. Uh, in my opinion, Suarez obviously was a very unselfish player. It was the, the he was very controversial, obviously, but you know when you look at him in scenarios where he was potentially one on one with the keeper and had the opportunity to score the ball nine times out of ten he scores the ball. The main thing for him was the ball in the back of the net. They you know they had a little bit of that mentality under Rodgers. This is obviously a completely different side with very little players who remain from Rodgers uh, reign at Liverpool, but. There's uh, Klopp was just built upon that mentality. Obviously, very much his own mentality and instilled his own ideas. But um, the man has completely transformed the club um, from top to bottom. Um, it's incredible to see. Speaking of the West Ham game, it just sums up their mentality. Uh, again, I watched that game one 0 up to two one down. Uh, you know, d- difficult for them, um, especially at two one pressure was on the crowd did get behind them in the sense that you know they backed them uh, as the Anfield crowd usually does it's not very often especially on this run of form I think they'd be uh, they'd be a little cheeky to, to give the players a bit of abuse <laughs> if they were if they were to go on and lose a game at home even if it was against West Ham um, they just don't know when to lie down do they they, they don't know when to call the day they don't know when they're beaten um, and again you know they come away they, that mentality they come away with another win it was a dominant performance at 69% possession, 25 shots, seven of which were on target. Again, that's, that's not fantastic, but still 25 shots, 16 corners as opposed to West Ham's eight. Um, so they did, they dominated the game. Um, West Ham, all, all credit to West Ham as well. They, they performed very, very well, especially in a game that nobody really gave them a chance. Um, they definitely gave, I mean, I've watched most of, the, uh, most of the Liverpool games this season. I would say that was probably... In terms of the Premier League, our, our toughest game. Um, there's not too many this season that spring to mind that were harder than that, uh, which is all credit to West Ham. And I, I think I think David Moyes will turn the ship around there. I do. Uh, I think they missed Henderson. Uh, give us your thoughts on that. I want to know what you think. Did they miss Henderson? Um, use the hashtag, oh, captain, my captain. Um, uh, Keita, I, I really rate Keita. I know a lot of people... Uh, Tend to not <laughs> rate Naby Keita. Uh, obviously, he came with a very big price tag. Um, he had a few issues with his attitude at Red Bull Leipzig, but I mean, he, I think he's a good player. He's not the same type of player, obviously, as Jordan Henderson is. You know, he, he likes he's ambitious. He likes to get forward. He's a good dribbler. He likes to take players on. Henderson's sort of safer. Um, he's almost a, he's you know. We've seen him over the last few seasons adapt to that sort of quarterback role almost. He's changed a wee bit again this season, where he he's a wee bit more box to box with Fabinho taking that role, but. He's a completely different type of player to Keita and he uh, you know, he chases every ball. And I think in the midfield, they were just a, maybe a little, I don't want to be too critical of them, it's ridiculous, but they were maybe just a little slow in periods. The midfielders getting out to close the ball down, um, which is something that, you know, Henderson certainly leads from the front on. Um, so as we say, we want your thoughts on that. Uh, use the hashtag, go captain, my captain. Uh, how do we think it'll look at the end of the season for Liverpool? Do we think we'll win the league? Yeah, I think it's done. I think it's already in the in the bag. I think they've won it. Do they think they'll win the Champions League? Well, <laughs> they've obviously a lot to do against Atletico. Um, I think that would be a big ask. I can't see it. I can't see them retaining that title. To be honest with you, it would be uh, it would be incredible. But I think it would just be a step too far for them. The FA Cup, obviously they've Chelsea in the fifth round. A lot of people seem to think that Klopp is going to go ahead and play the youngsters again, which is entirely possible, and you wouldn't write them off, but I don't think it won the treble. I'd be quite surprised if they won the double as well, to be honest. 
Um, I think it will just be the league this season, but I say that, you know, it's been 30 years. It's not just the league. It's the one that every fan has wanted for a long, long time. Uh, the key to change, obviously, has been Virgil van Dijk and Alisson. Alisson's more Premier League clean sheets than he has conceded goals. That is an absolutely insane statistic. I think it's 31 clean sheets, 30 goals conceded. It's absolutely, that, that, it's mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. And he, he is that keeper who comes up in the important moments and he makes big, big saves, you know. Um, van Dijk, obviously, we don't even need to speak about him. He's completely transformed that defence. Uh, you know, he, he leads from the back. He, he charges that team forward. He's just a quality, quality centre half. Um, in terms of future signings, there is a lot of chat that Timo Werner um, has already been rumoured to have signed a five-year deal. Uh, no, sorry, not to, not to have signed a five-year deal. They've been offered a five-year deal. Um, that's courtesy of Dunk at Cop Talk. Um, we have heard that recently. Um, Werner obviously has been flirting a little bit uh, with Liverpool, saying that he would fit the system really well and Klopp would be a great manager to work under and all the rest of it. Um, another name to throw in there is Jadon Sancho. Obviously, there's been a bit of chat about him. He's wanting to move on from Dortmund in the summer. A lot of clubs are lining up to, to sign him. Uh, I was talking to a Twitter fan or a Chelsea fan on Twitter earlier, and he seems quite confident that Chelsea, if they throw their name in the hat, will get him. I honestly think Stamford Bridge, as much as I would like to see him at Liverpool, I think Stamford Bridge would be a great place to go for the youngster. Chelsea are in a good spot for a player like him at the minute. Um, they're in a transition under a new manager. You know, he's not he's not had a transfer window yet, so this will be his first opportunity to sign players. Lampard's a good manager, there's no doubt about it. I think he just needs to put his own stamp on that Chelsea squad. Um, Sancho would fill a perfect hazard-sized hole. He's a quality, quality player. Um, and I think he would get a little bit more freedom at Chelsea, the way things are at the minute, than he would at other clubs. In terms of pressure from... Pressure to perform. I think Chelsea, you know, he would have that wee bit more freedom as they are a team in transition. Whereas if he comes in at the likes of Liverpool, he's going up against uh, Mane and Salah for a place in the team. And, you know, he is going to be under pressure every time he gets that opportunity to go out and do something every game. Whereas Chelsea, he might get a few more games to bed in and sort of make a big name for himself there. Not that I think he'll need that that chance, but... um. Let me know who you guys want, Liverpool fans out there. Uh, use our hashtag transfer wishlist LFC. Um, last thing to talk about in this is the Atletico game and the upcoming tie. So obviously the away performance, Liverpool were beaten 1-0. No away goal. <laughs> Not ideal, but you know they've been there before. The last time they were in Spain, they were beat by three and they got no away goals. And they managed to slip through that game. We all know about that one. Um, corner taken quickly. And uh, yeah, I mean... Typical Atletico performance, wasn't it? They went 1-0 up early on. Liverpool took 10 minutes to settle into the game. I think once they settled, they played better, but unfortunately in that 10 minutes, they'd already conceded. Um, Atletico then become the tightest, most compact compact side you can imagine playing against. It's a thing of nightmares. I mean, they're happy to let you have the ball as high up the pitch as you want in the wings. They'll let you take it to the byline, but you are not going through the middle of the pitch, and they're so, so good at it. They're so good at dropping back Cutting off passing channels, cutting off the lines, pressuring the ball. Absolutely fantastic performance from them. But we all know what can happen at Anfield. Um, I, I think it'll be a fantastic, fantastic game. I'm really, really looking forward to watching that one. Guys, obviously, this is our first episode of the podcast. So we ain't got no sponsor yet. 
we're in no hurry to get no sponsor either. This is a part-time thing for me that I just do in my spare time because I enjoy it and I love hearing from you guys. But we ain't got no sponsor. So what we're going to do this week and every week going forward, we are going to be sponsored by a forgotten Premier League player. We're not actually going to be sponsored by them, but they're going to be our mascot. They're our sponsor. This week's show is brought to you by... Jimmy Traore. Who remembers this guy? Former Liverpool fullback and scorer of that comical own goal in those horrendous... I think it was those horrendous yellow shirts where he sort of drags it back over the line trying to do this crazy turn on, on, his, own, on his own goal line. I mean... I think it was against Burnley in the FA Cup, from what I remember. Let me know if any of you guys remember that. Let me know if I'm right. Also, hit me up. What is your best Jimmy Traore memory? Is it that? Is it something else? Use the hashtag ThanksJimmy. That's thanks, D-J-I-M-I. Thanks, Jimmy. Suggestions for our next sponsor for next week? Use the hashtag FootballFirstSponsor. Let us know who you want. Who are the forgotten gems of... We'll open it up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be Premier League. Who are the forgotten gems of football? Let me know who you've got. Who should be next week's mascot? Hit me up. Hashtag football first sponsor. Okay, on to the next one. Uh, it is United, Ole and the future. Uh, obviously, only gone to Solskjaer since he's come into the job. Um, he's had a bit of a bumpy ride. Uh, I... Personally, I think United are looking really good since January. Um, Bruno Fernandes being the obvious one, the obvious reason there, but we'll get on to that in a wee minute. Um, the record, obviously, it's not great for a club like United, even in transition. They're currently sitting fifth after uh, two wins from their last two, which has sort of bunked them up the table a wee bit. But 27 games, fifth place. They've only 11 wins all season. They've drawn eight. They've lost eight. Goal difference of 12 isn't too bad. Um, conceded 29 goals for the season you know 41 points not fantastic sounds good when you say that they're fifth they're uh they're only three points off chelsea and fourth who have played the same amount of games but it's real real tied up there from fifth right down to ninth tenth eleventh there's only a couple of points you know maybe six or seven points separating teams there it's, it's really really tight um last five is two wins a draw two defeats for united um, so as I say the things are looking up in their last two games they've, uh, they've scored plenty of goals they've been convincing performances and they've played pretty well uh, coming on to Bruno Fernandes um, United fans and ge- football fans in general let me know what you think about him use our hashtag Bruno uh, I think he, he's, he's come in since he's come in he's not been there obviously very long but he's really lifted the squad he's given that f- squad a sort of a refresh he's that player who's come in and you see it, you've seen it happen before. Players come in, they're talented, they they have that natural ability, and they'll come in and in training, other players are looking at them and instantly thinking, I need to step my game up here. You know, he, <laughs> if this is how this guy's going to perform every week, he's going to make me look bad, so I, I need to take it to the next level. That's a great thing. That's exactly this. He's the type of player that United needed. I just hope that he can keep that mentality going. I hope that after a defeat or two, the heads don't drop, and he sort of joins that that mentality, that, that grip that... You know, one defeat and or two or three defeats, and that wee bit of a run of performing that the heads all go down and uh, they all start to question themselves and what they can do on a pitch. And I just hope that doesn't happen. I hope he's the player that can keep things driving on there. He looks composed. He's focused. He wants to win games. He's he's a promising, promising player. He's exciting to watch. He really is. Like um, I've watched a little bit of him at Sporting Lisbon. Um, just clips here and there, mainly on YouTube. To be completely honest with you. 
he looked a good player in Portugal. Um, the fans certainly rated him. He was linked with a few big clubs in the summer. I think Liverpool might have been mentioned actually last summer. Um, there was talk of a deal being done there and then sort of a last minute uh, change of mind from the club. Um, let me know if I'm right in that actually, guys. That would be appreciated. But from if my memory serves me correctly, I think that's what happened. Um, I, I, he's just exciting. He, he's a quality player to watch. Um, I don't know if any of you seen in the last game against... I, I didn't actually watch it. I've been really busy this week. I think it was against Watford. Um, he played this little pass through the midfield. Ball was played to him. And he just sort of... He, he looks over his shoulders if he's going to play it across his body. And then he just lets it run across him and just sort of flicks it on with his foot. I think it was the look Shaw really subtle really smooth bit of play and he is just that guy that can hopefully bring a bit of joy back to Old Trafford because things haven't been great there obviously for the last stack of years um, let me know your thoughts on that one guys hashtag Bruno uh, is how we're rolling on that one biggest question I have for United fans this is what I want to know is Ole the right man for the job is he the right man for the job be honest with me if I was to say to you you could have any one of these guys you could have Zidane you could have Potch or, <laughs> now hear me out here, right? You can have Pep. Think about it, City's ban, and just off the top of my head, revenge for the Tevez thing many, many years ago. Um, obviously, I'm having a bit of a laugh on that one, but, you know, stranger things have happened in football. Let me know who you'd want. Um, would it be any of those three? Or is there someone else you have in mind? Hit me with hashtag MyUnited. Uh, I want to know what you think on that. Is Ole the right man for the job? And if not, who do you think would uh, carry United on? My opinion on it, Solskjaer, I mean, you know, he didn't do great with Cardiff, obviously, but Cardiff for Cardiff, and it's a, it's a very difficult job there. I think he obviously has Alex Ferguson in the background. He's helping him. He's worked with the guy before. You know, there's obviously a previous relationship there. I would say they're friends to an extent. He's going to help him out. Um, I, I think he's doing okay. I don't think he's doing great, but I don't think he's doing overly bad. Um, <laughs> my real question, I suppose, is do you see United doing any of the following with Ole in charge? Do you see them qualifying for the Champions League? Say, I, I'm just talking, say let's take the next four years, right, with Ole at the helm. Champions League qualification in any of those four years? Yes, absolutely. Totally doable, in my opinion. Premier League winners? I don't think so. I, I don't want to say that. You know, they could go out and they could make... Everyone says they're such a bad side. You know, I honestly think they're two or three signings away from becoming quite a good side. Um, but they see them, I don't know, like how they've performed in the transfer market over the last four or five years. I, I just couldn't see them winning the Premier League unless unless something changes in the background there and start making the right signings. Then maybe we would change my mind on that. But as it stands and if things, signings kept going the way they were going with the exception of obviously Bruno Fernandes. I can't see them being Premier League winners. FA Cup winners, you'd never write them off for it, would you? United are a you know, they're a good cup side. They they can they could quite easily go on to win an FA Cup. Um we see upsets all the time too. I'm not saying this with any disrespect to United because they tend to even they turn up more in the big games, but you know, it has happened in the past where teams have had an easy route to the final. That can happen. So I would say FA Cup and League Cup is entirely possible if it was the next four or five years for Ole. Uh Champions League or Europa League? Europa League, yeah, maybe. It's a possibility. He doesn't have a lot of experience in terms of uh, European Cup competition management. He does as a player, obviously. Um, but Europa League, it's a, it's a possibility. Again, they're United. You never write them off. Um, but the Champions League, I think it would be a bigger surprise than Liverpool in 05. That's a big statement, but I do. Um, 
in the five years would you say that's possible they could mount a serious title challenge again if the signings were right yeah I do um, I, I'd struggle to see them win it but I think they could push someone uh, half or three quarters of the way over the course of a season um, but again I want to know what you think on that guys um, I'm saying all this uh, City obviously if the ban is upheld they're going to have a big focus on domestic competition so the FA Cup winner no the Cup thing winner thing in the uh the next two years could be a real struggle because they could be playing a city side in a league cup fourth round tie that are playing like they want to win the Champions League from winning that game, you know. <laughs> um, as strange as that sounds, but that's a possibility. Just keep that in mind. But let me know your thoughts on that one, guys. Hashtag Man United. Uh, what do we think this season? Where will they finish? Uh, I'm going to quickly run through the remaining games of which there's 11. They've Everton away, City at home, Spurs away, Sheffield United at home, Brighton away, Bournemouth at home, Aston Villa away, Southampton at home, Palace away, West Ham at home, and Leicester City away to end the season. A um, couple of tough games coming up there. Ancelotti's Everton are never hard to play, are never easy to play at home. Uh, City obviously United are at home. City United have performed really well against City recently. Um, City are going to be fired up for that one. I know the league is kind of gone for them, but you know they're going to want to finish second. Like um, they're going to want to finish as high as they can. And obviously there's a lot of personal pride at stake there with it being the uh, the Manchester derby. So. Real tough game for them, even though they are at Old Trafford. Spurs away, Mourinho, old nemesis and all the rest of it. Another tough game. Sheffield United, not a side you want to be playing, even though you are playing them at Old Trafford. They fear nobody. They're they're unbelievable, Chris Wilder's men. Um, really tough game for them there. Brighton away, with no disrespect to Brighton. You'd fancy United for that one. Bournemouth at home, no disrespect to Eddie Howe, but high. Bournemouth have the ability. You know they, they do have the ability to do damage to teams, but the way they've been playing recently, I can only see United for that one. Uh, Villa away Villa unpredictable side but again I reckon United have the strength to come out on top Southampton at home again I could see United taking a victory at that one no disrespect to Southampton if Danny Ings has one of them days where he fancies it maybe he could tear that back line to bits um, but again mm. Palace away always a tricky game um, fancy maybe a draw for that one um, West Ham at home based on what I seen, the way I seen West Ham play against Liverpool the other night I would fancy a draw for that one uh, you know Again, United have the strength to beat them. If West Ham don't turn up, United will probably walk them all over the park. But if they play the way they played against Liverpool, which at that stage of the season, they could very well be fighting for their lives, I would fancy a draw for that one. Last game of the season, Leicester City away at the King Power. Harry Maguire back against the old employers. Um, That could potentially be, depending on how the season goes, that could be a fight for the Champions League place to finish the last game of the season between those two clubs. I honestly, with no disrespect to United, I really, I really like Leicester this season. I think that Brendan's doing a great job there. I think he's only going to get better. I think a, a couple of different signings, a few new players into that club is definitely going to uh, refresh things for him. And I think he's the man to do really, really well with them and take them far. I fancy Leicester for that game. United, I think it's quite a broad spectrum here, but I think fourth, fifth, or sixth. Um, obviously, fourth or fifth could potentially be a Champions League spot, or potentially sixth if United. Well, sorry, we'll take United out of the equation, but if, uh, say, Wolves went on to win the Europa League, sixth place could also be a Champions League spot in England. So, um, on to the Europa League, they play Club Bruges um, tomorrow night at Old Trafford, one each on aggregate. You fancy them for that one. Um, I I dare say they, they'd have enough strength to pull through that game. I know United have sort of, with no disrespect, have sort of crumbled a little bit under the pressure uh, in, in, in games that are against again no disrespect to club Bruges against slightly smaller opposition United have kind of struggled over the last few seasons I don't think any fans would disagree with me on that one and especially when the pressure is high in a game like this where it's the knockout stages of the Europa League so you could see a surprise but 
I fancy United for a win on that one. The FA Cup, they, on the 5th of March, played Derby County away um, in the 5th round. Could have seen them winning the FA Cup this season. Uh, no, to be honest, no. Um, again, the United, you, you can never write them off, but I, I, I just can't see them marching on through there. Uh, I can't even see them reaching the final, to be honest, but maybe I'll be made to eat my words at the, uh, the end of the season. Okay, guys, on to our fourth and final segment for the week. It is a quick chat about the fifth place Champions League spot. If City's ban uh, is not overturned and City do finish in the top four, which is pretty likely, then fifth place obviously becomes a the final Champions League spot. Uh, as it stands, there's only five points that separate Manchester United in fifth and Everton, who are currently 11th. That's crazy. This stage of the season, 27 games played. That spot could be anybody's. That's it's going to be a really, really, really interesting race to the uh, the final game. In contention, Manchester United, Spurs, Sheffield United, Wolves, Arsenal, Burnley, Everton, and you'd maybe even include Southampton and Palace in there. They're not too far away either. Um, really, really interesting to see what's going to happen there. Let me know who you guys think uh, is going to take that spot. Uh, use the hashtag fifth for me. That's 5th for me. Um, hit us up on Twitter and let me know who you think take, will take that spot. Also, let me know who you think deserves it. In my opinion, based on their football this season, for me, it's between Sheffield United and Wolves. Um, probably more slightly leaning towards Wolves, and that's taken nothing away from Chris Wilder's men. Sheffield United have been incredible this season. One of the groups that I'm on on Facebook, from the beginning of the season, Sheffield United fans have dominated it. Um, it was Wolves fans last season. Sheffield United fans, since they got promoted, have been all over it. And at the start of the season, we're telling everybody you just think we're going to be another set of players out there to go out and get destroyed. We're just going to be there making up the numbers. We're not. We're coming to win games. Um, they took quite a lot of stick for it on that uh, Premier League group on Facebook, but um, here, here we are. They've they've proven themselves. They're a really tough side to come up against. Um, so that has taken nothing away from Sheffield United, but Wolves are currently eighth. They've taken thirty nine points from twenty seven games. Granted, they're a point behind Sheffield United. Have taken forty from twenty seven, but Wolves have done this whilst managing a really really impressive Europa League campaign. Um, they're dominating. They're they're doing so well in Europe. Uh, I would how phenomenal would it be to see Wolves go all the way and win it? They deserve to get the spot if they don't. Um, obviously if they they win the Europa League, they qualify automatically for next season's Champions League place, which could then, depending on where Wolves finish, could actually open up a seventh place Champions League spot. How crazy would that be? Um, I think that's how it would work anyway. Let me know if I'm wrong on that one. But they they absolutely deserve to get that uh the spot if they don't win the Europa League. They, they really do, in my opinion. Um, it would be sad for to see Sheffield United miss out, don't get me wrong. I, would really, I want Sheffield United to get Europa League football, at least. Um, but I think Wolves deserve to take that next step. They, the Nuno Espirito Sanchez is a fantastic manager. Really is. has done great things with that side. And I would just like to keep to see them keep marching on. I read a thing the other day, actually, about how... Uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost sure this is what it said. Wolves are outside of the top six, or the big six, so to speak, the conventional big six, they are the most watched team in England. Um, and they have the highest growth in terms of fans, I think. I, th- I think, or it was maybe a fan or following in social media, something along those lines. But they are, they're the up-and-comers, obviously. They have, they have, a, they have big owners. Uh, they have big money there. They have a lot of a lot of budget. But um, 
you know, still, you have to, it's all well and good pumping money into a club. You have to sign the right players. You have to bring the right manager in. You have to make it work. You have to actually get them all on a pitch and play. You can't sign the best 11 in the world and put them out there and just expect them to be fantastic, fantastic together. There needs to be chemistry. They need to have understanding with each other. Some players just don't work together. You know, you still need, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you still need the right people in the right places to go out there and make things happen. Um, so yeah, in my opinion, Wolves definitely deserve that Champions League spot. But the most likely thing that's going to happen is United or Spurs will get them. That's usually how it goes, isn't it? It's the big budgets and the big wages get all the uh, the big competitions. I'm saying Wolves do have obviously that a lot of money around the club and stuff, but they're not. They're certainly not as big a club, with no disrespect to Wolves, as Tottenham Hotspur or Manchester United in terms of the revenue and the commercial side of things. I'm shooting for the underdog. I really want Wolves to get it, but most likely United or Spurs. But let me know what you guys think on that one. Um, head us up on Twitter. We want to know your opinions on that. Guys, that's it. That's the end of the first episode. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to this right now, you are a legend. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. We are planning to drop one of these sporadically, hopefully one every week. Um, but it might be a little, it's going to be a little more sporadic than that. So we'll, we'll aim for one a week, but might not be bang on that. We would love to have you here listening again. So please, please, please keep an eye out for the, uh, the next episode coming up. We love it when you guys get involved. So please remember to use the hashtags from today's episode. Follow us on Twitter. It's at FootballFirstPL. That's at FootballFirstPL for Premier League. And also check us out on Medium.com. Thanks again for listening.